This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to these Legionnaires. John Dusty Woodgate, ID 2139 of Alpine Garrison, and Jim Griffin, TXTB 8455 from Star Garrison. He was also very active in the Pathfinder and Spec Ops detachments. We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 107 for January 2018. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, SL12743. And Marcus, TK14057. And we get to wish you a happy birthday today, as we record at least. Me? won't make any oh, yeah. sense when people listen to it later on. But. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> so the 501st Legion is currently at 12,222 members. That was a pretty cool number to land on. With 22,956 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording is Manuel DZ99001, a new Tuscan Raider for Spanish Garrison. In this episode, we finally recap The Last Jedi, reminisce about all the Christmas events we did, and help fulfill a veteran's final wish. So stay tuned. Recent news. So I thought we would kick off the show with basically our recap of what we thought about The Last Jedi, since this is our first chance to get together since the premiere. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that Joe got a chance to see it since last episode. Oh, I have. Uh, I saw it, <laughs> saw it once. I wanted to see it more than once, obviously, but uh, once was um, uh, quite enough. And it's been a while since uh, we, we've we done a podcast, about uh, well, well over a month now, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, um, it was before Last Jedi came out. So it was, what, early December when we last recorded? And um, but yeah, yes. I enjoyed uh, Last Jedi. I really did. I, I know that last time we spoke, I said, uh, spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, but I remember that I said that I would be extremely disappointed if Luke kicks the bucket in this movie. Well, I'm okay with the way it turned out. Uh, I'm uh, The way that he went, uh, I'm okay with. I can deal with it, you know. Um I'm coming to terms with some other things, but I really enjoy. I, I enjoyed this movie. It's right up there with my favorites, so I, I liked it. Well, good for you, Joe. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> what did you think, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched it twice. And the uh, first time I was, I don't know what I was thinking. It wasn't happy thoughts. I know that. And I kind of left the theater a bit underwhelmed, confused, angry, all sorts of uh, interesting thoughts mixed mixed up in in, uh, in my thought process. But then a day later or two days later, I watched it for the second time and it turned out to be a much better movie than, than the first time around. And 
I'm, 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 I'm thinking that the more I watch it, the better I like it. But I was definitely in that in that camp. Uh, no way, this is not not a good Star Wars movie. But um, I, I I got to my senses and I saw the good in this movie and I turned out the bad. And uh, I think it's 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 not in my top three, but it's it's slowly creeping up. I think. What about you, Nikki? Um. So I got I to you, see it. I know it. you hated it. <laughs> no. See, I guess I don't um I don't overanalyze movies, I guess. So maybe I I just take it for sort of the surface entertainment that like a muggle would. Um so I didn't have a a totally strong positive or negative reaction after the first showing. Um I definitely wanted to see it again. Because it seemed like I was bombarded by, I guess, stuff that I didn't expect. So, and I know there's tons of memes going around about how, you know, Force Awakens was a total, you know, knockoff of A New Hope and fans yelled about it. And then Last Jedi is something brand new and fans, you know, knock on that too. So it's like you can't win either way. Um, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm wondering if my reaction would have been different if I hadn't met Ryan Johnson in person and saw firsthand his enthusiasm for this project. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that definitely um, colored my my outlook of watching the movie. So that's that's a different factor that that I wonder if I if I hadn't had if I would have had a more negative reaction. Um, I I didn't understand really why Luke had to die, especially since Carrie Fisher had passed away. Uh, They would need him for the next movie, but I guess, Mm -hmm. as other people were saying, he can still come back as a a force ghost. So, Yeah, that was one of my my hang-ups, was the fact that, yeah, he did die, but um, and he could come back as a force ghost. There's this this one thing that, that bothered me. I love the fact that we saw Yoda. Yoda was mm-hmm. uh, was a welcome thing, but where were the other Force ghosts? Where was Anakin? Um, who else have we seen as a Force ghost? You know, you, oh, you, you get the idea. Other Jedi that might have uh, learned the even Qui Gon, I think, in the Clone Wars had mastered at least how to transfer his, uh, you know, his voice. Maybe not his appearance, but I'm mm-hmm. wondering if Nine might introduce a way to bring a Force ghost back from the dead. You know, make Luke real again. That would be interesting. Mm. But I don't know if they might go that way. But um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more Jedi, you know, far be it from a guy who dresses up as the uh, uh, Emperor or Sidious, you know, to uh, say that he wanted to see more Jedi (laughs) in the movie. But I, I would have liked that to have seen more of that. Um, the only other thing, the only other hang up I had was, well, Leia's force ability to fly through space. But if you think about it, I, that was one of the things where, okay, in retrospect, I get it because it is a, a canon force ability, or at least it was in the expand, the old expanded universe, to draw up a force shield. And so I'm thinking that was probably one of the things – what she did, you know, is she just kind of threw up a force shield and she had a mm-hmm. temporary little bubble where she was able to sustain herself. Um and uh, I think most people don't realize that. But anyone who's ever played Battlefront, I just got done playing Battlefront 2 on my old PlayStation 2 here. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I had Force Shield on the brain. But, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I get that. So I really don't have any hang-ups with this movie at all, uh, now, at least now in, in retrospect. Okay. And I think I had seen that described as sort of a, a fight-or-flight response from Leia. 
you know, even though we've never seen her use the force or anyone use the force like that, mm-hmm. um, it was probably just one of those instinctual things that, that she did to save her life. And I think that makes total sense um, as uh, a, a complete uh, involuntary uh, response uh, on her part. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, I am worried about where nine might go now that all of the uh, original trilogy heroes are gone, so to speak, except for maybe Chewie. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we could speculate until the movie comes out. You know, <laughs> I really like TLJ, uh, Last Jedi. I really do. Um, there were some things that maybe could have been improved upon. I think the Casino Planet, you know, uh, Canto Bite might have was a little bit drawn out. It probably didn't need to be there as long as it was, but I, I enjoyed it. Very good, my lord. Good is a point of view, Anakin. All right, so on to the, the business section of the podcast. We wanted to <laughs> give a reminder to our members that the 501st Legion election season starts this Friday, February 2nd, with the opening of nominations for all the elected positions. So be sure to sign up on the main Legion forums at 501st.com to participate in the process. This doesn't happen often, but occasionally we do have units dissolve. But the Australians have decided to use it as a time to celebrate the accomplishments of their growth. Terror Australis Garrison formed on January 18th, 2004. It covered all of Australia when it formed. Prior to that, it was part of the Australia-slash-New Zealand outpost, which formed in 1998. Since 2004, it has helped foster squads that became garrisons and outposts of their own. This month, the last two of TAG squads morphed into outposts as their parent garrison dissolved. Welcome to the Legion of Thylacine and Copperhead Outposts. Before we dive into the huge pile of new CRLs that were completed since our last episode, we'd like to announce a new detachment for the 501st, the Underworld Detachment. Ooh, I like the sound of that. It's our first new detachment in about 11 years. Essentially, they are going to focus on all of the criminals that don't quite fit into any of our existing detachments. The pirates, thieves, henchmen, smugglers, and general thugs. Some are being moved out of Crate Clan, but most were just marked with no detachment affiliation. So it's wonderful that we've been able to give the scum of the galaxy a real home. Now, on to the CRLs. The CRL for Cabe, you know, the little furry, red-robed, bat-faced creature from the Mos Eisley Cantina, is now live. She's listed as no detachment affiliation at the moment, but I'm guessing she will likely have a home in the Underworld detachment. Also, before compiling this script, I had no idea that she was a she. You learn something new every day. <laughs> the, uh, the Imperial Weapons Technician is now live, thanks to our Imperial Gunnery Corps. It's essentially a gunner helmet with a gray jumpsuit and can be seen in Star Wars Rebels Seasons 2 and 3. They also finalized the Imperial Ground Crew CRL from Rogue One. It's a costume that Jin Erso borrows shortly after they land on Scarif. Clone Trooper Detachment has two completed CRLs, ARF Trooper, 501st Battalion, and 501st Clone Trooper. Very fitting that those ones are now completed. Our Imperial Officer Corps has completed the First Order Officer uniforms that cover the ranks of Lieutenant and Captain, a.k.a. the Charcoal Gray, and the First Order Colonel and Major uniforms, which is the one that features that eye-catching dark teal cloth. Also, the ANH Staff Officer, a specific one with unique aspects affectionately known as the 451 due to the costume's origins. 
For Jolly Roger Squadron, they've renamed the Force Awakens TIE Pilot CRL to TIE Pilot First Order, as there's no differences between the TFA and Last Jedi versions. They've also added CRLs for Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad Commander Aiden Versio and Inferno Squad member Gideon Hask. Their teammates, I think it's Sian, Marana, and uh, Del Miko, are actually found over at Spec Ops Detachment. Spec Ops has also adopted the Imperial Army Trooper from Dark Horse Comics Star Wars Empire series with secondary sources from other EU and Legend titles. Some new CRLs for our new Underworld Detachment are our favorite purple-robed fellow, Sim Alu, who can be found creeping around the Emperor. He now has a completed CRL ready for GML approval. And Muftak, he's big, white, and furry, and can often be found in Mos Eisley Cantina. The CRLs for Adiro Two Tubes and his twin brother Ben Thick, who can be seen in Rogue One on Jeddah, are both now live and ready for GML approval. And I've seen these costumes in person. Uh, when I'm trooping with a Canadian garrison, they are quite impressive. Our Moss Eisley Police Department, mostly known for their sand troopers, have produced a shiny new CRL of grungy goodness as only MEPD can. It's the Magma Trooper from Battlefront 1. I know my son was eyeing that as soon as that game came out a couple years ago. But he opted for the Infernal Squad Trooper from Battlefront 2, so that's pretty cool as well. Although Jodocast has been on our CRL list for a long time, he finally has a greenlit CRL thanks to the Bounty Hunters Guild. Likewise, for Aura Singh from Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. But they've also added some new bounty hunters, a Death Watch Night Owl and Montross the Brutal. <laughs> the last Jedi Kylo Ren costumes added angst to the Legion like only an emo wannabe Sith Lord could. <laughs> the determined solution was to create two CRLs, Kylo Ren The Last Jedi and Kylo Ren Supreme Leader. For the brief moment, the character wears the cape, but no helmet, so the cape is allowable for the face version of the costume, but the helmet may not be worn without the cape. Is everyone following along at home? This is not an easy costume to get right. The cape is complicated, and the tunic squares are pin-tucked, not just quilted. Before approving someone, GMLs should familiarize themselves with both the patterns and construction of the cape, as well as what the heck a pin-tuck is, because I know I surely don't, so I'm glad I'm not a GML. As always, our detachment forums, Sith Lord in this case, has tons of resources about these critical details. And last but not least, the Sith Lord Detachment is adding a new Vader to their roster, something they likely never thought would happen back after Episode 3 in 2005, which was also the same year the Detachment formed. The Rogue One version of Darth Vader is now a live CRL that GMLs can approve independently. Congrats to all the Detachments, Legion membership staff, and others who helped bring these costumes to life. They've added or completed about 60 CRLs in 2017. You can check out links to all of these in our show notes. And thanks again to the Legion membership team for all these updates. That's incredible. 60. Wow. Yeah. Well, with all these new Not movies. Bad. Montrose the Brutal. He sounds good. Montrose the Brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> I used to call myself the Brutal One back in the day. I don't, don't, really, I know. Go, don't really go by that anymore. But yeah, that, <laughs> I may have to look into that. <laughs> Hi, this is Mark Hamill, and you're listening to the 501st Cast, the most forceful podcast in the galaxy. Enjoy. Mission reports. 
On December 1, 2017, members of the Mid-South Garrison, Carolina Garrison, Georgia Garrison, Garrison Tyrannus, and members of the Dark Empire attended the 42nd Annual Gatlinburg Christmas Parade. This was the second time that the Mid-South Garrison organized a troop at this event. The first time was way back in 2007, with only three members in attendance. However, after 10 years now, there were 25 Star Wars customers ready to bring smiles to the people of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. In addition to celebrating Christmas, this parade was to bring happiness and joy to the people in the area after the events of the wildfires that occurred a year ago. Members met up at the Sleepy Bear Motel for three rooms uh, were designated as changing rooms there. Around 6 p.m., the costumers would cross the road uh, at the Little House of Pancakes for the staging area. The Star Wars costumers started to march down the East Parkway to Main Street through Gatlinburg. The two-and-a-half-mile walk, the costumers brought a number of smiles and cheers to the people who were observing the parade. By 8.30 p.m., their mission was completed, so they loaded up into a bus that was provided to return them back to the starting point. As the troopers started to place their armor and costumes in their totes and garment bags, they were already discussing involvement for next year's parade. In fact, some members even discussed placing a float in the parade for next year. Alex SL4142 organized this event and would like to thank all of the members who attended. He hopes to uh, make this an annual event for members throughout the Southeast. His inspiration for the event is to bring smiles to the people of Gatlinburg, Severville, and Pigeon Forge with the help of the Fiwell First and the Dark Empire, and they did just that. Check out the link in our show notes uh, to photos, and thanks to Alex. SL4142 for that report. He's a good guy. He certainly is. He's one of my best friends. Yeah. And uh, uh, he was a leader there in uh, Mid-South Garrison and the Masnuga Squad for a very long time. And he's been mm-hmm. with the Legion for a very long time. So uh, shout out mm-hmm. to you, Alex. On Tuesday, December 5th, Fiber First Legion, Costa Rica Garrison, Rebel Legion, Costa Rica Outpost, and Saber Guild, Kashyyyk Temple joined forces to attend a charity's Christmas party. Project Daniel is a nonprofit organization which helps and support juvenile cancer patients between 13 and 25 years old in several hospitals across Costa Rica. Each year, Project Daniel organizes a Christmas party for all their patients. This year, the party theme was Star Wars because of the 40th anniversary. They planned the party for 200 patients, but sadly, some of them couldn't make it um, to the party due to complications with their treatments. We'll have links to photos and TV coverage in our show notes. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. On the evening of December 13th, three troopers from Costa Rica Garrison were deployed to EMVA High School to provide an honor guard to a graduating student. Camilo is an 18-year-old teenager with muscular dystrophy, and he's a hardcore Star Wars fan and model student highly respected and loved by his classmates and teachers. For his graduation day, his teachers arranged for a very special gift— uh, honor escort by the 501st Legion. Even amidst the hecticness of the premiere weekend, they were pleased to be able to send troopers for the ceremony. Of course, as soon as their duty was completed, they hightailed it to the theater to catch the premiere. Check out the links in our show notes for photos and video from this event. Thanks again to Grand Admiral Ed AR5494 for that report. Next up, we have a slew of reports from our trooping efforts for the premiere of Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Costa Rica Garrison deployed 23 members, plus support from the Rebel Legion and Saber Guild, to uh, Sinopolis Lincoln Plaza in San Jose, Costa Rica, late on the night of December 13th to celebrate the premiere of The Last Jedi. 
Uh, we'll have links to a photo gallery in our show notes and the Garrison's Facebook live feed from the night as well, and an article with a newspaper reporter who went all in on his reporting to become a Tuscan Raider for the night. And thanks again to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. Five troopers from Empire City Garrison attended an autism-friendly showing of Star Wars The Last Jedi at the Bowtie Franklin Square Cinemas the morning of Sunday, December 17th. The event was sponsored by the Jenison Society for Autism Awareness. The JSAA is a Long Island-based organization founded by a 14-year-old, Justin Jenison, now 15, that actively organizes autism-friendly events across Nassau, Suffolk, and Westchester counties, as well as parts of New York City. Troopers took photos and interacted with the attendees as they entered the theater. There was a light turnout, but the kids and families who attended really appreciated seeing the 501st there. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. More than a dozen members and several squires for Desert Scorpion Garrison out of Western Australia headed to the cinema even earlier than expected on December 13th as there was a last-minute call from the media. The theater had a huge mural outside for The Last Jedi that was perfect for a photo backdrop. The troopers waited for quite some time for the media to show up, but they apparently were diverted to a more urgent news story. Finally, by 8 p.m., after arriving at 3.30 p.m., they took a break for some food before gearing back up for the main attraction. There was a costume competition being held for the moviegoers. We normally exempt ourselves, naturally. Finally, a little after 11 p.m., it was time for the troopers to desuit and head in to see the movie themselves. Thanks to the Wranglers heading in and saving seats, the troopers didn't have to worry about there being no seats left while they were stuck desuiting. We'll have a link to a couple photos from this event in our show notes, and thanks to Glenn TK 85421 for that report. Ecuador Garrison trooped at least seven different Supercines locations in two different cities for the premiere. Troopers spent about two hours at each location, and as thanks, the theater gave them gift cards to be used on items for their next visit to the Children Orphanage. I'm very partial to orphanage troops, so that's really, really cool. Empire City Garrison attended fundraiser screening of Star Wars The Last Jedi at the Belmore Playhouse Theater in Belmore, Long Island, New York, on Sunday, December 17th, from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., on behalf of the East Rockaway Little League, Chris TK6744 and John TI42070 were in attendance from the ECG and were later joined by Rebel Legion's Len Kenobi. They had a party and raffle after the 10 a.m. screening of the movie to raise money for the Little League. The theater and the Little League were very excited to have us and even invited John to help co-out the raffle numbers. We'll have a link to a group photo in our show notes. Ten troopers from ECG also had been at the Belmore a couple days earlier for a screening to benefit the John Tyson Foundation. They collected over 100 toys and a few donations as well. Check out our show notes for a photo from that troop as well. Thanks to Chris TK6744 for both those reports. On January 6, 2018, 18 members of Northeast Remnant Garrison and the Rebel Legion attended a fundraising viewing of The Last Jedi for cancer patient Vince. This is the kind of event many of us sign up for when joining the Legion. Vince's diagnosis isn't great. He's a huge Star Wars fan, and his family put together a fundraiser viewing for him and his friends and family so they could all experience The Last Jedi with him. NER showed up in force, and the theater manager was able to give them an entire auditorium to get dressed in. At 10.15 a.m., they headed to the lobby to await the guest of honor. 
They were floored seeing the troopers greeting them when they arrived. They posed for a large group photo with Vince and his family, which we'll have a link to in our show notes, and presented him with a special gift basket of full of Star Wars and Legion items. Then they headed into the theater for some mingling and photos before the movie started. Afterwards, troopers hung around the lobby for a bit, entertaining the guests and staff before suiting down. No troop is complete without lunch, though, and a few headed over to the Adelphia Diner, where they were able to just squeeze in before their dress code was enforced. Thanks to Kevin, IC71689, for that report. Some of our listeners may have seen the news report on CNN and elsewhere about how members of the 501st escorted Ron Villamere, a 69-year-old Air Force veteran of Vietnam who had been diagnosed with terminal colon cancer to a special screening event of The Last Jedi. We thought it might be nice to share with you a behind-the-scenes peek at what NEG's event coordinator did to make this special moment for Ron and his family possible. On December 11th, 2017, the Legion was alerted to an article about Ron and the call for help from his daughter to help grant his wish to see The Last Jedi in the theater. New England Garrison's event coordinator Jonathan Tobin, TI-53677, immediately took the reins, contacting the Bedford and Epping Fire Departments in addition to O'Neill Cinemas in Epping, New Hampshire, and offering the services of the garrison. In less than 48 hours, Tobin had taken a suggestion and turned it into a fully fleshed out and planned event. While organizing the event, Tobin spoke to Ron. When Tobin suggested that Star Wars characters may be able to visit him, Ron became emotional, which shifted Tobin into high gear. During a weekend that was already packed with over a dozen events that Tobin was managing as events coordinator for the garrison, he ran conference calls, spoke to media outlets, managed logistics, contacted venues, coordinated gifts for Ron, and reached out to as many troopers as he could to get them to participate in welcoming Ron and his family to their private showing. In Tobin's own words, I'm fine driving and cleaning Imperial toilets to get this done. Tobin managed a squad of stormtroopers led by Darth Vader, who visited Ron in his hospital room on December 16th. After an emotional greeting, Ron's honor guard flanked him to the nearby ambulance, where Tobin had arranged for another dozen of Ron's favorite characters to greet him. Tobin selflessly stayed behind at the hospital to assist the honor guard, keeping to the background and nudging characters into the places where they could do the most good rather than taking the spotlight for himself. Tobin is insistent on providing recognition to others when discussing the event, but none of this could have happened without his hard work. This small act of kindness has gone from a local moment of bad guys doing good to receiving coverage on CNN, The Today Show, and worldwide coverage online. Ron's honorary garrison membership certificate was hung next to his bedside because of the willingness of our members to donate their time and the tireless dedication of Jonathan Tobin. Thanks to NEGCO Eric RC6124 for that report and for nominating Tobin for December Trooper of the Month. Sadly, Ron passed away on January 23rd, but we were honored to play a small role in bringing him some happiness to his last days. I hope that God will bless each and every single one of them just the way I feel blessed right now. Thank God for Star Wars fans. <laughs> You've done well, Lord Vader. Thank you, Lord Vader. On December 16th, Alaskan Garrison Troopers headed to the Christmas Village event at the Convention Center to support the Alaskan Marines Tours for Tots, where they were hosting a gift collection. Our job was to bring smiles and cheers to the nearly 2,000 patrons and their families 
plus bring a little imperial pizzazz to the Toys for Tots booth. There was lots of Christmas fun and shenanigans had by all. Lord Vader even found out that he somehow made Santa's nice list. Check out the link in our show notes to Jake SL99504 event vlog. Alaskan Garrison also deployed a solo trooper, Chris TK84657, to support Toys for Tots during a collection drive a few days earlier at Sullivan Arena in Anchorage. And they sent troopers to the Alaska Native Medical Center to support Toys for Tots on December 11th as well, not to collect toys, but to hand them out to residents of the hospital and Ronald McDonald House. Apparently, there was an awkward moment between Lord Vader and a mom in labor that we might not want to hear any further details about. <laughs> Check out the links to photos from all three Toys for Tots troops in our show notes. Thanks to Jen IC84864 for those reports. Actually, I do want to know more of these details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really am not sure. Like, was she like, actually in labor? Did he just go ahead and use that line? You know, that he's the father, even though clearly the father was probably in the room. Like, I don't know. It was just, it did sound awkward. And now we can like speculate about how awkward it was. <laughs> I have a very bad feeling about this. I am your father. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. On December 17th, Ecuador Garrison attended a local Christmas party for a great cause as it was organized by the Down Syndrome Association in Quito, Ecuador. This organization helps children with their treatment and their families as well. Two stormtroopers from the Garrison visited for two hours, took photos with the kids and their parents, and even danced with them. Also, toys were given to the attendees. Check out the link to a photo from this troop in our show notes. And thanks to Maria SL19355 for that report. Tuesday, December 19th was a busy one for Empire City Garrison. Who are we kidding? ECG is always busy, it seems. That morning, six troopers, one Rebel Legion Ray, and R2-D2 attended the Toys of Hope holiday party at Ohika Castle in Huntington, Long Island, New York. This charity brings together over 400 children ages 3 to 5 from various lower-income areas to be treated to a party with a DJ, Star Wars characters, dancing, bouncy house, snacks, and celebrities to make it a day that they will never forget. Celebrities included Noel Foley, Holy Foley, Nick Barota, a TV host, Suki Lopez, Nina on Sesame Street, and Lyric 145 of X Factor. Legionnaires greeted the kids as they came in and mingled with them, taking photos and interacting with them. It all culminated with a visit from Santa and free toys for all the kids. It was an incredibly rewarding and fun experience for all of us, or for all of them, anyway. ECG would like to thank Melissa Duktovsky, president and founder, and Brian Hansen, director of operations from Toys of Hope, for inviting the 501st, and they hope to be invited back for future events, including next year's party at the castle. We'll have a link to a group photo in our show notes. Uh, later on that evening, Empire City Garrison attended a holiday Toys for Tots event at the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum in New York City. Toys for Tots' mission is to collect new unwrapped toys during October, November, and December each year and distribute those toys as Christmas gifts to needy children in the community. This event saw seven troopers and two rebels, plus a 501st member disguised as a 1960s Batman, entertaining the kids by posing for photos and greeting them when they entered 
shared the event. The kids were very excited and appreciated the characters and the early Christmas gifts. After the event, members were treated to a trip to the flight deck for a private viewing of the Space Shuttle Enterprise, and they took a few fantastic group photos. We'll link to one in our show notes, and uh, ECG hopes to do additional events at the Intrepid Museum in the coming year. Thanks to Chris TB6744 for both of those reports. It's time for Woody's Roundup. I mean, Old Lion Garrison's mission roundup for December. Between December 2nd and 20th, they had at least 16 different troops. There was the premiere of The Last Jedi, of course, but they also attended several holiday parties. The Baltimore Ravens Star Wars Day, the first annual Ocean City Comic Con, library visits, and toy drives. Old Lion Garrison not only trooped at regular theaters for the premiere, but also at the Air and Space Museum. Check out the link in our show notes for the full reports on each of these events, plus, a fo- plus photos from almost every troop. On Saturday, December 2nd, 2017, more than 50 costumed characters from the 501st Legion's Southern California Garrison, Rebel Legion's Sunrider Base, as well as members from the Mandalorian Mercs, Saber Guild, and the Dark Empire, plus a host of Wranglers, or Squires as some people call them, uh, invaded Hillside's Children's Group Home in Pasadena, California for the third holiday season in a row, marking the 10th overall visit to the facility since the clubs began an annual visit there in 2011 now twice annually. Children and residents there got to select which Star Wars character they wanted to receive a gift from, and each child received a gift-wrapped Star Wars action figure accordingly. It's kind of like getting an action figure from an action figure. The kids were stoked to each be given an action figure gift from a live action figure. There we go. We then mingled with the children for photos and answered their Star Wars questions and then ate donuts with the kids before having a group photo and declaring another mission accomplished. Special thanks and shout out to Mark, ID 053. What a low number that is, right? ID 053, Mm -hmm. who joined us from the Central California Garrison. We'll have a link to the group photo in our show notes. And thanks to Joe, SLTI, he's both of them, 12743. Hey, I know that guy, for that report. (laughs) Uh, 16 troopers from Costa Rica Garrison, with help from their Rebel Legion counterparts, spent their Christmas Eve doing what is arguably the most shining example of bad guys doing good you could find. They invaded Costa Rica's National Children's Hospital on Christmas Eve. I know I already mentioned that it was Christmas Eve, but it's worth saying again, they were there on Christmas Eve to bring some joy and fun to the little patients. They split into three teams to be able to visit as many patients as they could in the different wards of the hospital. We'll have a link to a group photo of Legionnaires, superheroes, and princesses in our show notes. Thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. On the evening of January 3rd, Costa Rica Garrison troopers teamed up with the Rebel Legion and Saber Guild to appear at a fundraiser soccer match called 90 Minutes for Life to support the Fight Against Child Cancer Association. The match pitted the four major Costa Rica soccer league teams against each other in 30-minute mini-games. Members of all three clubs worked together to entertain the attendees, which included pediatric cancer patients and their family families. They posed for photos prior to the match, and during the halftime, they paraded onto the soccer field. For the national hymn singing ceremony, a representation of each club was present on the field alongside the four professional soccer teams and their mascots. The match managed to collect 125 million colonas, which is 280,000 US dollars, with the help of nearly 14,000 attendees and volunteers. These funds will be invested in helping the kids via relief programs for pediatric cancer patients. Check out a photo of the Legionnaires on the field in our show notes. 
Thanks again to Grand Admiral Ed AR5994 for that report. January 4th was Alaska and Garrison's 23rd monthly visit to the Children's Hospital at Providence, and it was very special because their beloved Admiral Tao was able to join them for his first visit in several months since being relocated to the Garrison Titan system. With the team of eight troopers and two rebels pumped and ready for shenanigans, they hit the halls of the pediatric and PICU units ready for imperial smiles, laughter, and fun with the kids, their families, and staff. Another very special little trooper was awarded a Sam Newcomer, TK-54548, Cancer Ops Squad Patch by Crewman Wallace to remind her of all the 501st Legion love and support behind her and her family during her cancer battle. It was a visit that won't be soon forgotten. Thanks to Jen, IC-84864 for that report. On January 6th, 16 members of Ecuador Garrison spent three fun-filled hours visiting the Inez Chambers Orphanage. There was food, a lot of ice cream, Christmas presents, Santa Claus, and of course, the 501st Legion. At the end of the event, they were honored to be able to present a check for $1,400 to the orphanage, thanks to the donations received over the course of 2017. While some of that money went towards the presents, food, and ice cream, the orphanage was still richer in funds and spirit by the end of Ecuador Garrison's visit. We'll have a link to a group photo in our show notes. Thanks to Maria SL19355 for that report. I always get giddy when I hear more and more orphanage troops happening lately. That is so cool. Well, here comes another one. <laughs> Alaskan Garrison had the pleasure of participating in the second annual Star Wars Days at Covenant House, Alaska on January 10th. The Covenant House Alaska serves thousands of homeless, at-risk, and trafficked youth in the state of Alaska. The sole purpose of the Covenant House is to be available to provide residential and non-residential help for youth in crisis 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and 365 days a year. Lord Vader, Kylo Ren, Crewman Wallace, and the Jedi Librarian provided a much-needed distraction to the youth residing and receiving services at the house. They post for photos asked all sorts of trivia questions, which they knew a lot, raffled off tickets to The Last Jedi, and Lord Vader himself even received a fun marriage proposal. Crewman Wallace, garrison PR officer, also took a few minutes with a local news crew to highlight the Covenant House programs and all of the great work that garrison has been doing in the community with 91 events over the last year. Check out the photos in our show notes. And thanks to Jen IC84864 for that report. 91 events in Alaska. Incredible. On January 13th, 17 members of Golden Gate Garrison descended upon a martial arts studio for young Crystal's birthday. Now, usually Golden Gate Garrison and most of our garrisons uh, don't have the capacity to attend birthday parties unless it's for a special case. When the garrison heard from the birthday girl's mom that Crystal had been experiencing issues with bullying... The garrison did all they could to clear their schedules to lend their support. They posed for numerous photos with Crystal, who was dressed as Ray, and all the other party attendees. Her mom described the day as magical for her daughter. We'll have a link to a photo in our show notes. Thanks to Diana, TK95020, for that report. On January 14th, Alaskan Garrison had the honor of teaming up with the Alaska Make-A-Wish chapter to appear at Ryder Box wish-granting party and his send-off at the airport all on the same day. Make-A-Wish hosted the party at Red Robin that afternoon to reveal the fact that Ryder and his family would be traveling to Walt Disney World Resorts Give Kids the World Village in Florida to visit Star Wars at Hollywood Studios and the other Disney parks. 
Ryder is a very big Star Wars fan that the Alaska Garrison knows very well as he's one of the many patients that the Garrison has visited during their visits to Providence Children's Hospital. In fact, Ryder even received the very special Cancer Fighter Survivor patch made by one of Lord Vader's stormtroopers battling cancer himself, Sam Newcomer, TK-54548, from Alaska's Lord Vader, Jake, SL-99504, and crewman Wallace, Jennifer, IC-84864. Whew, these long numbers are tough. Then late that evening, troopers reconvened at the Ted Stevens International Airport to escort Ryder Bach and his family to their departure gate as they set off for Disney World in Florida. The airport was generous enough to allow lightsaber duels, tons of photos, fun, and shenanigans as they walked through the airport and under a lightsaber arch at the Alaska Airlines gate as they boarded their flight. We hope Ryder and his family had a fantastic trip. Check out photos from both of these troops in our show notes. Thanks to Jen, IC84864, and Brian, ID62832, for that report. Empire City Garrison visited the children's wing of Stony Brook University Hospital on Long Island, New York, on Saturday, January 20th, from 10.30 a.m. to noon. George TK11710, David TD6513, Tabitha DZ61406, Chris TB6744, and Ron SL5928 were joined by Paul from the R2 Builders Club, who brought his incredible R2D2, which was a huge hit. They visited a number of rooms in the children's wing, taking photos with the kids and their families. They handed out some trading cards and coloring books to the kids and staff. The staff throughout the hospital were very excited and appreciative for our members' visit. It was an incredibly profound and rewarding experience for all of our troopers. They were proud to be able to bring smiles to kids' faces who were going through a tough time. We'll have a link to a photo in our show notes. And thanks to Chris, TV6744, for that report. The 2018 Sinalog festivities drew six garrisons together to Cebu City, Philippines. The Singapore Garrison, Garuda Garrison Indonesia, Malaysian Garrison, Czech Garrison, with Rebel Legion's Malaysia Outpost, Hong Kong Base, and Cathar Base, Singapore, joined the Philippine Garrison for the Sinalog Grand Parade on January 21st. Hosted by Cebu Scarab Squad, the troopers were camped out in a Mactan Island beach house days prior to Sinalog and were entertained by a variety of tropical activities. An SM Seaside Mall X-Wing visit, a sandbar boat cruise, uh, seafood dinners, and a beachside lunch at Costa Bella Resort. Cebu Scarab Squad designed two floats for the parade, namely a 1-to-1 TX-225 Rogue One tank and a one-third scale TLJ TIE silencer flanked by the troopers geared up in their screen-accurate costumes brought from their respective countries. The Legion led the Grand Parade as the starting floats of the uh, 8-kilometer Sinalog Highlight with the troopers in full costume for 10 hours continuously. To recap, that's 50 troopers from 6 garrisons and 4 Rebel Legion bases, 8 kilometers in 10 hours. Plus, it started raining in the first 30 minutes, and it wasn't a light, refreshing shower, but a heavy, soaking downpour. Hardcore, troopers. Check out the video link in our show notes. Hang a level, please check in. DC 
Last week, the Dutch garrison trooped at the Sophia Hospital for Children. Every Wednesday, Sophia TV and Entertainment organizes events for the children. And last Wednesday, January 24th, was a Star Wars event. There was a green screen set up for photos, and they made cardboard lightsabers with the children. Some of the children even dressed up as their favorite characters. Hospital troops are very rare in the Netherlands due to strict rules and regulations. This was the garrison's second hospital troop ever in their 17 years as a unit. Not for lack of trying, but they are confident that there are more to come. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes. And thanks to Puck BH8715 for that report. Hi, this is Stephen Stanton, honorary member of the 501st, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, dot com. Member shout-out. This episode, we'd like to give a shout-out to December 2017 Trooper of the Month, Chase Gray, TB7178 from Mid-South Garrison. Chase bravely took a bullet, more than one actually, protecting his co-worker during a robbery at the pharmacy he works at in Memphis, Tennessee. He thankfully is home recovering, but a bullet hit him in the face, and one went straight through one leg and lodged in the other. We'll, link to the, we'll have a link to the news report from December 19th in our show notes. As far as I've heard, or we heard, the robbers have not been caught. And uh, I actually saw Chase trooping with us in in Middle Tennessee in Nashville um, two days prior. So that was pretty scary. I'm glad he's doing better and uh, he's on his way to recovery quickly. So that's good. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on our website, on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Star Wars Podcast's Android app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast. 
Welcome to the Legion, Tylosine. <laughs> Ecuador garrison trooper uh, and at least seven different uh, Supercines locations. Uh, let me restart that. Um, uh, I think it was supposed to be trooped, troop. not trooper. Oh, got it. Okay. Ecuador garrison trooped at least seven different Supercines locations in different si- in <laughs> There's another... <laughs> On January 14th, Alaskan Garrison had the honor of teeping up with Alaska Make-A-Wish chapter to appear. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's a blooper. I could have sworn you said teeping. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I don't know what I said, but it wasn't teeming. I am your father. I have a bad feeling about this. 